the Fantasy Football Welcome to the Fantasy Football Beat, the podcast that will never let your team die in darkness. I'm Scott Allen. I'm Des Beeler. Des here in week 15. I feel like we're beginning to sound a bit like a broken record. We saw yet another MVP candidate go down potentially for the rest of the regular season. Antonio Brown leaving the Steelers Patriots game with a, I guess, partially torn calf muscles, the latest report. Yeah, that's what I heard. But in other news, we saw a former MVP, Aaron Rodgers, return to the field. The Packers lost 31-24 to to the Panthers. Rodgers was under heavy pressure from the start. He threw three touchdowns, but also three interceptions. What did you make of his return, and how did it affect the Packers' offense? He looked rusty. I mean, no doubt about that. Uh, I believe this was, uh, according to the stats, his first three interception games since 2009. He, he threw three touchdown passes. See, so you like that? He threw for 290 yards. So from a fantasy perspective, you can't really complain. I mean, he was on the road at Carolina. It's not the toughest opponent, but still, first game back on the road. You know, right. I think it was about as good as you could hope for. So if you're an Aaron, Aaron Rodgers owner and you survive this week and you're playing in Week 16, there's absolutely no reason not to roll him out there. So in general... You know, you assume, okay, he was rusty this time, but he shakes a little bit of off, and, uh, you know, we're off to the races. Definitely managed to spread the ball around, uh, not to Jordy Nelson. <laughs> so if you, have, if, you, if you were waiting all this time and you have Jordy Nelson, uh, you probably should not play him in Week 16, and that was all a big waste of time holding him because pretty much everybody else who could catch a pass on offense <laughs> did well but him. Exactly. And maybe the one caveat there, if you are a Devontae Adams owner, I mean, we saw him leave the game with a, he took a helmet-to-helmet yeah. Hit from Thomas Davis. That yeah. was always uh, Brett Hundley's favorite target. He's he caught a touchdown from Rodgers today. But if Adams is unable to go next week, maybe then he could yeah. reconnect with Rodgers. But I, I agree, it, it's tough to trust Jordy at this point. Yeah, no, that, that's that's a very good point. You know, and I think we saw a reliance on Rodgers, who threw 45 passes, kind of to the detriment of what had been a pretty solid running game, and definitely to the detriment of Jamal Williams, who'd been a workhorse, yeah. but this time had just 10 carries for 30 yards got no look in the in the passing game which it was seemed a little bit odd Aaron Jones outdid him on the ground so unfortunately you know if you're Joel, Jamal Williams owner now you have a lot of uncertainty as you know heading into week 16 assuming you you get that far yep and and for the Panthers if you started Cam Newton you're probably moving on to week 16 a monster day for him yep four touchdown passes and we saw the reemergence of a guy that I certainly didn't trust. He was on my bench in a couple leagues, Greg Olson, a big day for the Panthers' tight end. It was his first big game of the season, and obviously he, he had that injury and was out for a while, but even after he came back, he hadn't done much of anything. So, you know, kudos to anyone who rolled him out there. They certainly were, were paid off big time. Christian McCaffrey also did really well here. Uh, and then Devin Funches, not so much. Zippy. He, uh, I think he re-injured his shoulder. It looked like he was about to catch a touchdown, at least salvage something of his day. Instead, he, he doesn't get the catch, and he gets his shoulder injured, and it's a complete disaster for everybody who started him. Uh, right here. Raise yeah, his hand. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, Demir Bird, <laughs> wide, oh, yeah. wide receiver Demir Bird, catches two touchdown passes. Part of a, an odd day. As far as I can tell from the scoring leaders, six players, uh, non-quarterbacks, six uh, running backs and wide receivers scored multiple touchdowns today. Four of them were Demir Bird, Jaden Mickens, <laughs> Tavares King, and Tommy Bohannon. So congratulations Ridiculous. to anyone who played those guys in DFS or anywhere else. Good well, job this, by you. Well, this guy didn't crack the uh, the top five or, or whatever from obscure players, but he, he did score a touchdown in the Redskins-Cardinals game. This was a bizarre game all around. The Cardinals ran 47 plays in the first half, which is as many plays as Washington ran for the entire game. Arizona completely dominated the time of possession. Kirk Cousins, when he was on the field, 
with the limited opportunities he did get, didn't do much. He, he was okay, under 200 yards passing and two touchdowns. Not a great day from him. But the guy I was getting to started by his nobody, except maybe his mom, Capri Bibbs. Yes. A practice squatter, 47-yard touchdown for the Redskins. Uh, Jameson Crowder, a more popular name, probably on a few more rosters, 55 yards and a touchdown. And then Arizona, the best thing you can say, Phil Dawson, five field goals. That is just about the most you can say for Arizona. Yeah, it is odd. They had the ball a ton. It just very little came of it, right? And Clay yeah. Gabbert was outright terrible. So I mean, that has something to do with it. 16 of 41 ugh, for uh, 189 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. So, And they didn't do a ton on the ground. You saw the work there kind of right. get split between Kerwin-Williams, who I had touted previously. Sure enough, Adrian Peterson's uh, out for the season, so it's the Kerwin-Williams show, or at least in theory. 17 carries is a lot of work, but he only turned it into 61 yards. And Elijah Penny got 10 carries, did a little bit more with them. So who knows there? But it's an offense you can't trust anyway. So hard to have faith in anybody, even Larry Fitzgerald, unfortunately, yeah. at this point, because, you know, he, he's, he's slipped a little bit. And we've seen him fall off late in the season, years past, but now it looks like he's more a victim of the offense than anything. And I mean, you know, you've got a problematic offense when DJ Foster <laughs> is getting nine <laughs> targets. DJ Foster, people, come on, what do we do in Arizona? Blaine Gabbert threw one pass directly into the back of DJ Foster's helmet, or it would have been a touchdown. <laughs> 80, 80 plays for the Cardinals, and all they managed was five field goals. They haven't Amazing. scored a touchdown in three weeks. Yeah, Phil Dawson, I should have, yeah, exactly. Your fantasy MVP here definitely Phil Dawson with the five field goals. Right. The Bills beat the Dolphins 24 to 16. The usual suspects stood out. LaShawn McCoy, a big day, 96 total yards and two touchdowns. Kenyon Drake continued his hot run for the Dolphins, over 100 yards, a touchdown, and six catches. But does the biggest surprise to me is the guy that probably dropped, at least on your bench at this point in the season, and of course he would do this, Devontae Parker, his biggest game since week three. Right. Of course he would have a, a big game just when we, you know, the entire fantasy community and a lot of other people had totally lost faith in him. Kenny Stills did nothing. I, I mean, I don't know. You can't chalk it up to much of anything except a fluke at this point because we now have most yeah. of the season to go by where he's done nothing. So, you know, you certainly wouldn't want to trust him in a Week 16 start. I mean, it's nice to see him do something. We know the talent's there. And in theory, the, the situation is there. Like, he should be among the, the leaders on that team, but it just hasn't happened this season. Right. The only thing... I mean, looking ahead to Week 16, if you have Devontae Parker and maybe maybe you're deciding between him and Devin Funches, a guy who might be a little bit banged up, they go to Arrowhead to play the Chiefs, who, you know, they're coming off a win over the Chargers, but that defense is pretty porous. We saw what Josh McCown and the Jets did to them. That's the only situation I think I would even consider starting Parker. But his... his uh, teammate Jarvis Landry a little bit more reliable this year a big game for him as well yep and we saw Charles Clay for what it's worth uh, five catches 68 yards that's his most catches in yards since week four so at least you're getting a little bit something out of him unlike Calvin Benjamin who did uh, nothing the Ravens beat the Browns 27 to 10 and in the beginning of the season the Ravens backfield was a headache I mean just deciding between Alex Collins and Javoris Allen, whether to call Javoris Allen, Javoris or Buck. Mm -hmm. And then Alex Collins became a headache for defenses. He was the clear go-to. And now in the playoffs, it seems, fantasy playoffs that is, the Ravens' backfield, has it gone back to being a headache? I mean, what did we see? 12 carries for 19 yards for Alex Collins and Javoris Allen, 13 carries for 70 yards. What gives, Des? 
<laughs> yeah, sure. Come to me with the answers. <laughs> like I have any clue whatsoever. I was a guy telling people to pick up Danny Wood at a couple weeks ago. So shows that I know. He Don't did, do that. Yeah, he did not do a lot in this game. It hasn't done much in, in any game. Uh, yeah, I, it's hard to say with Alex Collins. I mean, the Browns do have a pretty underrated run defense. We saw him get eight pass targets. So season ev- high five catches. Yeah. Yeah. So a- everything was kind of inverted in this game. Did nothing on the ground, but then was used heavily in the passing game. It didn't amount to a whole lot, unfortunately, for his fantasy owners. On the bright side, you did see Mike Wallace continue to be pretty useful for the Ravens. Uh, Benjamin Watson had a big game. I wouldn't make too much out of that. Uh, Jeremy Macklin was knocked out with a knee injury, which probably only led to further reliance on Mike Wallace, who's really mm-hmm. been the, the only kind of guy outside of Collins that you could feel comfortable starting these days. And then for the Browns, some weird stat lines for them as well. Isaiah Crowell, five carries for 72 yards. Um, Josh Gordon, tough matchup for the Browns against that Ravens defense, but Josh Gordon didn't do all that much. Five catches for 47 yards. And Corey Coleman, who's been hot and cold, was very cold today. Only one catch. Yeah, the, the arrival of Josh Gordon has really hurt the fantasy value of Corey Coleman. He's become extremely untrustworthy. Gordon, you can keep trotting out there. If he had anything resembling competent quarterbacking, he'd be fantastic. But as it is, he has to turn 11 targets into five catches for 47 yards, you mentioned. So, you know, a pretty blah day for him. And, and uh, Duke Johnson got in the end zone. Otherwise, you know, no one else would really have anything to hang their hat on. Good for Duke. The Vikings beat the Bengals 34-7. to Vikings quarterback Case Keenum was a, a popular start, I, I think, for, for some people. He's been playing well. It's a, it's a great matchup against uh, a terrible Bengals team that just learned that Marvin Lewis is not going to be back next year. All the odds were in, in Keenum's favor, and the problem was Minnesota got out to such a big early lead in this one that they were able to, to run the ball. He eventually gave way to, to Teddy Bridgewater in, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It was it was the Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon show, because why not? Why not just turn yep. to your running backs? Not that McKinnon did a ton of running. I mean, he had nine carries for only 24 yards, but he had seven catches for 114. Murray, I mean, Murray's a great start. Anytime you figure the Vikings are going to win a game, which is most weeks, you know, you can almost rely on him to get in the end zone and give you yeah. at least some, th- some kind of yardage. So another good game for him. But yeah, disaster for Adam Thielen. Three Oof. catches for 30 yards. Stephon Diggs saved his day with a touchdown, as did Kyle Rudolph, who only had two catches for 17 yards. But I mean, he, there was some chance he wasn't even going to play. So his owners, anyone who started him, got as much as you could possibly have hoped for out of that. Uh, you know, and on the Bengals side, I mean, yeah, they just look like a team that's kind of mailing it in these days. <laughs> you know, they host the Lions next week, so start, start all your Lions, because especially if Vontae's perfect, it's, it's still going to be out. It wouldn't surprise me if A.J. McCarron started that game for the Bengals. Like, why the heck not? I mean, Dalton yeah. was benched for the second time this season. There's just no reason whatsoever to keep trotting him out there. When you have somebody like McCarron, who's been pushing for playing time, who almost was acquired by the Browns this year, and who knows what would have happened with Josh Gordon <laughs> in that scenario. But anyway, uh, but, you know, Giovanni Bernard got a lot of yards last week, got a lot of work this week but didn't do much with it but did get in the end zone so saved his day otherwise i mean nothing else to say about the Bengals. not at all and you mentioned thielen i should there is one more thing (laughs) to say which is aj green continues to be a non-elite uh commodity and again i'd already forgotten about it's not his fault but this was his seventh game this season with less than 75 yards and no touchdowns seven games of that which is not wide receiver one stuff so be interesting to see where he goes in drafts next year that's brutal and and it'll be interesting to see where adam thielen goes in drafts as well you mentioned him earlier and this this stat line three catches for 30 yards this is the type of performance from a guy who's been one of the best wide receivers this is the type of thing that makes people just hate fantasy football i think you guys should turn wednesday (laughs) show into a make it an interactive call-in deal where people can just vent about how adam thielen screwed them out of the playoffs and and they got todd Gurley and that's and not, all, and yeah, all sorts of that's things. That's a good idea. Instead of us complaining about our fancy teams, let's just other people <laughs> call in and do that. That's great radio. 
the Jaguars blew out the Texans 45-7, to and props are due here, Des, for you and, and anyone else who said to start Blake Bortles this week. A huge game for the Jaguars QB. Yeah, uh, three touchdowns, 21 of 29 passing. I mean, it's against the Texans, so it wasn't, you know, he's been playing pretty well, okay enough, and it wasn't hard to see that uh, he might have his way with the awful Houston secondary in this game. Uh, Fournette was out this game, so I think that the big news on the Jaguar side, well, the big news is Keelan Cole going bananas and Good luck starting him next week and expecting something like that. Although <laughs> he has been kind of on the upswing, but there's just no way. This is this was a true out of the blue kind of performance. I already mentioned Jaden Mickens having two touchdowns. Yeah. You know that that's totally out of the blue. D.D. Westbrook did nothing in the meantime, so there's no making sense. You know, out of any of this. Uh, I mentioned Fournette was out for this game. Chris Ivory that theoretically could have been a big start for him, and he did get 17 carries, but he only turned him in, into 42 yards. Meanwhile, Corey Grant gets in the end zone. So the guys who scored for the Jaguars are Corey Grant, Jaden Mickens, and Keelan Cole. So that's I'm sure, insane. Yeah, I'm sure all of you had that. See, the, oh, and, oh, and Tommy Bohannon. I, I didn't mention <laughs> right. that. Two Tommy Bahama, I call him. Yeah, so two touchdowns for Jaden Mickens and Tommy <laughs> Bohannon in this game. So, you know, if, if you played Bortles, great. If you played any <laughs> other, you know, the, you know, there was no making sense of anything else in Jacksonville. Yeah, the story of the season for the Jaguars and finally qualifying for the playoffs again has been their defense. There's no secret about that. But it's kind of amazing what this offense has been able to do. Granted, it's built around Fournette, but given all that they've lost in the yeah. passing game, and we're, we're talking about Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns went down, Marquise Lee left this game with the sprained ankle. And then, yeah, I would have said next man up is D.D. Westbrook, but he was he was below, as you said, Jaden Mickens and... <laughs> And Keelan Cole. Yeah, I mean, it is true. Like the kind, of, the kind of quarterback. You know, you think of quarterbacks who can turn stars into people like Keelan Cole and Jaden Mickens. You don't think of Blake Bortles. <laughs> you think of like Tom Brady, maybe. So <laughs> it probably does say more for Bortles than we might otherwise expect. And if we're going a little bit long with the Jags, it's because there's absolutely nothing to be said about the Texans in this game, right? Yeah, zero. How about how about Jadavian Clowney saying after the game that Bortles asked <laughs> if he's seen any improvement from him? He's trash. Yeah, yeah, he's trash. Okay. okay, well, not trash for the Texans, but the only piece of non-trash on that roster in this game. DeAndre Hopkins continued to do DeAndre Hopkins things. Four catches for 80 yards and a touchdown in garbage time. But hey, it all counts the same. Yep, and that's your Texans report. The Rams blew out the Seahawks 42-7 to in a game that I did not see this coming. Um, I mentioned earlier getting Todd Gurley'd. I went up against Gurley in a couple leagues. If you did, you probably lost as well. 180 total yards for Gurley and four touchdowns, and his day was done like halfway into the third quarter. Yeah, yeah, this is at Seattle. It was it was shocking. I mean, you you wouldn't necessarily if you said okay, the Rams are going to win this game, that wouldn't necessarily have been a total shock, you know, right. given the way their seasons are unfolding. But boy, oh boy, it was a laugher fast, and you know, the Rams just got totally. Do- I mean, the Seahawks got totally dominated in this game, and yeah, and Gurley was just breaking off huge runs right and left, and this theoretically was supposed to be a tough matchup for him. I mean, the Seahawks have a very had yep. a very good run defense, but not today, and. It was such a thorough beatdown, and they, the Rams were up, I think, 34 nothing in the, in the second quarter. Jared Goff didn't have to do much because Gurley was doing so much that you put up 42 points, and if you're a Goff owner, you're thinking, as you check the box score, oh, big day for me. Not so much. I mean, two touchdowns, one of them to Robert Woods, but only 120 yards passing for Goff. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many people were starting Goff, especially at Seattle. True. And if people started, if anyone was starting Cooper Cup, I mean, they should have been a little bit cautious about it because we knew Robert Woods was coming back and we knew that when Woods had been out there it had been pretty tough for Cup and Sammy Watkins to get a big piece of that pie and Watkins has just been touchdown or bust all season no touchdown today therefore bust 
And I know a lot of people started Russell Wilson, only 142 yards for him. For some reason, he played this whole game, which was great for Wilson owners because he did nothing in the first half. You know, last week against Jacksonville, the matchup they were worried about, he did nothing and then came back with a huge second half. Today, only the one touchdown pass to Luke Wilson. And got to be concerning if you're a Jimmy Graham owner. Goose egg last week, today, one catch for negative one yards. Concerning, it's, I mean, it might be concerning, except your season's probably over. But, True. you know, if you're surviving this, yeah, you have to really be asking yourself, who are you going to start at tight end next week? I mean, it, he could just easily bounce back with a big game, but boy, he's fallen off. And then Doug Baldwin did absolutely nothing today. I mean, between him and Jimmy Graham, you had two catches for a total of five yards on seven targets. What? You know, th- this is disastrous stuff in, in, in week 15. You know, we saw Luke Wilson had the touchdown, but that was it. But I mean, it's Luke Wilson. Richardson did nothing. Lockett <laughs> did nothing. I mean, it was just a total disaster for the Seahawks. And of course, one last jab for Russell Wilson owners. He runs for 39 yards. So if you're not in decimal scoring league, right. you know, you lost a point because he couldn't get <laughs> you one, one more yard. rushing yard. The Patriots beat the Steelers 27-24 to in the most anticipated game of the week. It was a, it was a thriller. We mentioned Antonio Brown's injury, um, something to monitor this week. Rex Burkhead owners as well. Um, he got a touchdown before he left, but he left with a knee injury and did not return. Another injury to monitor. But Rob Gronkowski, that's kind of what stands out to me from this game, does. Yeah, and, you know, if, if you drafted Gronk, high let's say middle of the second round somewhere in the second round you paid a high price for him you didn't get you haven't really gotten everything you'd hope for this season but you, he sure turned it on when it's counted the most I mean he has 315 yards in his past two games he has at least 23 PPR points in his past three games unfortunately that doesn't include the game he was suspended so if you survived that uh, but in weeks 14 and 15 I mean you could hardly have asked for more except maybe a touchdown <laughs> it's it's odd because he's only scored seven touchdowns yeah. on the season but you certainly can't complain about 315 yards in two games he He's been massive. Brandon Cooks came through with a touchdown in this game. Uh, you know, and Tom Brady, of course, did Tom Brady things. Not not huge in terms of touchdowns, but 298 yards throwing. And you knew when Antonio Brown went out, like, I mean, Le'Veon Bell gets a big workload anyway. But at that right. point, it's like, okay, well, he's going to get a ton of work. And he did 165 total yards. Got a touchdown. And, of course, not surprisingly, I suppose, Juju Smith-Schuster, the next man up for Pittsburgh, he does big things. Six catches for 114 yards. And Martavis Bryant gets a touchdown, uh, as does Eli Rogers, which didn't really help anybody. But some of the usual suspects did step up in this game. But, yeah, you, you just if you're Antonio Brown owner and you survive this week, you I think you probably won't have him next week. Yeah, and if you are, I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster is probably rostered in every league. Martavis Bryant. Um, Eli Rogers caught another touchdown pass. Who do you think maybe stands to gain the most? I mean, you mentioned Bell getting an even heavier workload once Brown left the game, but I mean, can you look to like Jesse James, the tight end, who's good for an occasional touchdown to bump I him maybe, up a bit, or is it you're yeah. looking elsewhere probably? It's a it's it's a dart throw, but uh, you could yeah. look there, I suppose. I, I think Martavis Bryant is probably the most likely guy to be available in leagues who stands a chance to really gain a lot from this uh, from Antonio Brown's injury. The 49ers beat the Titans 25-23, to and before we get to Jimmy G, let's give a shout-out to Robbie G. Robbie Gold, six field goals in this one, outdoing Phil Dawson. Big day for kickers across fantasy playoffs. Yeah, okay. Shout-out Julie Given. Now let's get back to Jimmy G, because kicker talk, I just uh, does, I don't know if how, how much that does for anybody. Uh, but Garoppolo, I mean, he's 3-0 three, three and in his starts. Uh, he was good again this week, 381 yards. I mean, this is the best we've seen of him so far. Uh, according to the CBS telecast, he's the first 49ers quarterback to have 300 yards in back-to-back games since Jeff Garcia in 2000. Wow, throwback. I mean, it's been that long since That's they had back-to-back 300-yard passing games. That seems 
odd, but in any case, uh, you know, he just his no, he just is moving this offense. Um, another stat I saw online: 20, 20 of twenty eight possessions that the 49ers have had Garoppolo under center, they've scored. Not necessarily touchdowns, but they yeah. scored on seven of eight possessions today. And, of course, the biggest beneficiary is Marquise Goodwin, who's just been fantastic with Garoppolo under center. This is his third straight game with at least 99 yards. And his sixth, even going back to when they uh, had C.J. Beathard, his sixth straight game with at least 68 yards. He's not getting in the end zone because he's a smaller guy. So, right. But in PPR, you know, it works great there. And I know you guys talked about this a little bit on the Wednesday show with regards to Garoppolo, but just not getting into the end zone. I mean, you look at the yards, 381 total yards. It's obviously not just him because they settled for six field goals and and Carlos Hyde had, did nothing, 16 carries for, for 25 yards. But they're having all sorts of red zone problems. If they can just figure that out, that just boosts him so much more. Yeah, and you know, I mean, that's why it's it's an, it's tempting to get a piece of this offense now. I know it's a little late in the game for that, but yeah. they they are due for some touchdown progression. And then Carlos Hyde is probably due due for some good things. He didn't do anything today. It's a, it's tough to run against the Titans, so that's not too shocking. But you know, the better things are in store for him as well. What stands out to me from the Titans, besides Marcus Mariota, kind of a mediocre performance, 240 yards and two touchdowns, but. A receiver that we hadn't heard from much recently, Rashard Matthews. This was he went into the injury tent in the fourth quarter and then came out. I was worried he was done for the day. Um, came out and scored a touchdown, six catches for 95 yards, and, and that score for Matthews. I mean, it was it was a very big game for him. If you want to start him next week, if you have him on your roster and, and you're thinking of him as a flex play, you know it, there'll be some logic to that. Except he's been alternating good and bad games for six weeks now. So having had a very good game, he'll probably go back to bad. Corey Davis continues to be just nothing. And I know so many people are just tearing their hair out over the treatment of Derrick Henry, who just doesn't get any run, can't yeah. get on the field, continues to pale in comparison to DeMarco Murray's workload. DeMarco Murray, as usual, useless. <laughs> the whole thing is frustrating. The whole offense is frustrating. You know, they fell behind this game, and they finally let Mariota take, take snaps from a shotgun and run around and do things, and all of a sudden he looked better. Imagine that. The Jets covered the 16-point spread in their 31-19 to loss. Yeah, Jets. To the Saints, but they had no answer for Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. No, Jets. Big day for Ingram, 151 total yards and two touchdowns. Kamara, 99 total yards and a score. And Michael Thomas, he continues to be great. Nine catches for 93 yards and a touchdown for Thomas, and the Saints offense rolled today, and, and it was the usual suspects as well. Yeah, you know, the Jets were surprisingly feisty in this game. They really hung around. It wasn't it wasn't over really till late, and uh, Ingram sealed it with a long touchdown play, and you, you had to love that. But yeah. yeah, like you said, the usual suspects. It's a very predictable offense. Like, you know, yep. kind of know who's going to do well here, and they, do, and they do do well almost every week, so got to like that. And Michael Thomas really inching toward that first round, I think, in next year's draft. He's just been so, Absolutely. so, so consistent. Yeah, no uh, Tommy... Bohannon's and Jaden Nickens <laughs> in this game. I, although I will say, yep. the Saints, I, they, I streamed them in a few leagues of defense, and I was expecting a lot more, honestly, with Bryce Petty in at QB for the Jets. Now, right. he and, didn't. And he was bad. He was bad. Yeah, I think he only threw one pick, though. Um, I, I think he might have had two. But, okay. uh, yeah, he was he was terrible. But yeah, the Jets somehow managed to stumble forward for yardage. They you know they have this three headed monster of, of a running back committee. <laughs> My least favorite, Bilal <laughs> Powell scores. I, exactly, P- Powell scores. Elijah McGuire catches a touchdown. You know, you never know what's going to come out of that group. But Petty, predictably, was was bad news for Robbie Anderson and Jermaine Curse and what was admittedly a tough matchup. The Eagles came back to beat the Giants thirty four to twenty nine, and at least. For one week, no Carson Wentz, no problem for this Philly offense. Yeah, you know, I mean, and as much as you were giving me kudos for suggesting uh, Blake Bortles on the uh, Wednesday podcast, especially for people who people who'd lost Carson Wentz, I mean, Jeff Dooley also threw out Nick Foles. I mean, you, Shout they out lose Jeff. Carson Wentz. Why not? Why not just go to the you know do what the Eagles are doing and plug in Nick Foles? If you did, you were loving it. Four touchdowns today. 
on, on only uh, 24 completions and 237 yards passing, but that's that's kind of what we're seeing from the Eagles. I mean, Carson Wentz had the same thing. He had a 7.5 uh, touchdown percentage, which was second in the NFL. I mean, he was throwing a lot of TDs on, on a, in a very efficient way, and now, yeah. we're, now we just saw Nick Foles do the same thing, albeit against the Giants, who aren't stopping anybody these days. But then again, next week the Eagles get the Raiders at home. So Right, you know, another good matchup. Yeah, there's little reason to think that Foles can't do something like this next week as well. Yeah, and, and we wondered last week you know, whether the Eagles might try to rely a little bit more on the running game. Um, that wasn't the case today, and partly because they fell behind early, maybe. But Jay Ajayi was not effective, 12 carries for 49 yards. And, you know, I thought Foles played really well, and I like that matchup for next week. And they really spread it around. I was wondering uh, if Nelson Aguilar might be the odd man out, but not today. He wasn't. He had nine targets, uh, seven catches, 59 yards, and a touchdown. Alshon Jeffrey scored a touchdown. Yep. Ertz scored a touchdown. Trey Burton scored a right. touchdown for all you Burton owners out there. So Foles spread it around nicely. No one can really complain about that. And for the Giants, a big day from Sterling Shepard, 11 catches for 139 yards and a score. The rookie tight end, Evan Ingram, finishing strong, eight catches for 87 yards. And Tavares King, props to you if you started him, two catches, 70 yards, and two scores. Yeah, you can hardly do better than that. And the other note there was, uh, apart from Eli Manning playing pretty well uh, you know, and, and maybe causing some hope for anybody who's relying on the Giants' offense next week, we saw Wayne Gallman playing at a dark way here, and I think if you – are crazy enough to want to start a Giants running back, it would probably be Gallman at this point. For the first time this year, we had Saturday football, and the first game in particular was kind of a dud. The Lions beat the Bears 20-10. to 10. From a fantasy perspective, Matthew Stafford might have started him, 237 yards and two touchdowns. Theo Riddick, the big week last week, didn't follow it up so much this Saturday. And then Jordan Howard, Kind of a disappointment. That's what sticks out to me. Yeah, you know, and, and Howard has, has established this pattern now where he has a 100-yard rushing game and he follows it up with a relative dud. After his 500-yard games, uh, he's rushed for no more than 65 in the next game with one total touchdown. So it's almost a warning sign if, if he goes. And it's probably just to do with the, with the Chicago just not being a very good offense, and you just can't expect that sort of consistency from him. We're seeing a little bit of consistency from Kendall Wright uh, for whatever yeah. the heck that's worth. You know, he followed up his 10-catch, 107-yard outing last week with seven catches for 81 in this game. So if you're trying to invest in the Bears' offense, there you go. Otherwise, you know, the, the takeaways are on the other side of the ball. You mentioned Theo Riddick kind of being disappointing. Partly that has to do with Amir Abdullah coming back to this game. Abdullah didn't get a lot of work, but just any time he's out there. And then Tion Green also had a bunch of carries. So definitely a, a running back by committee going on in Detroit, which really just saps the value of anybody there, especially when they're not falling by behind, which is where you might see Theo Riddick catch a bunch of balls. And if you played Golden Tate today, sorry, or on Saturday, apologies for that because he was a dud. <laughs> In the late game on Saturday, the Chiefs beat the Chargers 30-13, to and seems to be we're seeing the return of the early season Kareem Hunt. Just a monstrous game for the rookie. 206 total yards, two touchdowns, seven catches, even better if you're in a PPR league. Um, he's, he's really seemed to return to form after hitting a wall in the middle of the season. Yeah, and this was a tough matchup. We talked about it on Wednesday. And speaking of which, by the way, I'm, I'm done suggesting that we bench quarterbacks. <laughs> like two weeks ago, <laughs> I said bench Russell Wilson. He has three touchdowns at Jacksonville. I said bench Alex Smith. He throws for two touchdowns, although only 231 yards. And uh, I don't think he's going to finish in the top 12 in, in QB scoring this week. So I'll claim some victory there. But <laughs> as you mentioned, the big story, Kareem Hunt going bananas. Tyree Kill. He's so big play dependent, but he does he gets those big plays. You know, he had a 64-yard touchdown, only 24 yards otherwise, but you'll take those big plays uh, every time. 
It would have been smart to, say, bench Phillip Rivers this week. He's been so good. It seemed like a decent matchup. He was not good on Saturday. Three interceptions, only one touchdown. But Melvin Gordon for the Chargers, another favorite of yours, Des, I know. It's Mr. Efficient. He had had a really solid game, 169 total yards, a touchdown, and six catches. Yeah, he was great. I mean, I, I, I can't complain about that. No one could. He carried the team on offense in what was a very bad game by Phillip Rivers, and you saw it in his wide receivers. Keenan Allen, who'd been hot, only gets 54 yards. Uh, Hunter Henry, who'd been doing some good things, only 28 yards. So it was a very disappointing game for some of the receivers you might have started there against what has been a pretty terrible Chiefs secondary. Right. Real quick, on the Thursday game, one of the more forgettable Thursday games of of the year. The Broncos beat the Colts 25-13. to 13. Brock Osweiler came on in relief yes. of Trevor Simeon. <laughs> Brock is back through two touchdown passes, and all you need to know is they went to Cody Latimer and Jeff Hewerman. Yeah. What else do you got to add on this one? Uh, I think it's Jeff Hireman. Thank you. Fine, so, uh, thank you. Yeah, this was, uh, I mean, oh, caramba. I mean, if, <laughs> if you if you wanted any of the, you thought maybe Trevor, if, if for whatever reason, roll Trevor Simeon out there. I mean, it was a good match. I mean, at the Colts, you like anytime you're playing Indianapolis, you know, uh, or if you wanted Demarius Thomas to do well, I mean, he was a pretty popular start. And he had a great first half, five catches for 69 yards, and then did nothing in the second half. And he, what was even more frustrating about that is that Osweiler had been the one throwing touchdowns to him earlier in the season. So when Osweiler came in the game, you'd think, okay, well, this is probably good for Demarius. No, not so much. Throws, as you mentioned, throws his touchdown passes. I mean, he runs for a touchdown, then throws TD passes to Cody Latimer and Jeff Hireman. That's not useful to anybody. But <laughs> C.J. Anderson, on the other hand, extremely useful. He's thoroughly eclipsed Devontae Booker in this offense, and he had a huge game. I'm sorry for butchering your name, Jeff, if you're listening. And for the Colts, maybe the only player worth mentioning, maybe one of the few guys started besides T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle. PPR league was okay. Seven catches for 47 yards for the tight end. Yep, and that's about it. Yeah, it was a total dud of a day. Jacoby Brissett ran for touchdown, but otherwise their offense did almost nothing. And with that, a reminder to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Check out all of our great fantasy football content on WashingtonPost.com. And as always, you can reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at Scott S. Allen. I'm at Des Beeler. Get those waiver claims in.